the van life. What's up, FNA friends? I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And you're listening to FNA Van Life. The podcast where every week we talk to a new nomad or share news from the nomadic community so that you can know what it's like to live life in a vehicle. Woohoo! And this week we're talking to some awesome friends that we actually met uh, not that long ago out in Arizona. Yeah, Carissa and Anthony, the Bodanzas, are in the house today and we're really excited to chat with them about all things van life, being on the road, what it's like to get off the road and live in a kind of like commune community kind of situation. We also talk about the challenges of being a couple on the road and they've only been on the road for about 10 months now. Mm -hmm. So they've went through all these different changes and learned how to respect each other even more, learning what they love and what they don't love anymore, thinking about things that they thought that they would be really interested in when they got on the road, but yet it turns out totally different. And, of course, we're going to talk about money on the road and how you might want to start an online business or something of that nature. So we're really excited to get into it. But first, let's do an update from the road. (laughs) Right now, we are in Lake Chapala, which is just south of Guadalajara, Mexico. It is the number two best climate in the entire world. How crazy is that? Right now, we have friends up in the States or even in Alaska complaining about the heat. And yet, here we are in Mexico, where everybody thought we'd be complaining about the heat, and it's been absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it's kind of funny, because I feel like there was a couple of people in particular who were really trying to get us to rethink our decision to come to Mexico um, during rainy season, during the summer, and, you know, obviously it's still early days, it's only the beginning of July, so, you know, we might come to a point where we completely regret our decision, and yes, we've had some very hot days, especially in Baja, But everything has been very, like, doable. I will say it does definitely get rainy, but the rainy is, like, on and off. It's not every day, all day. It's more like a few hours or overnight. And it's been really wonderful, actually, because it kind of cools the day off. Um, And I like the rain. I like hearing it when we're sleeping at night, too. Mm Mm-hmm. So (laughs) I feel like it's funny to just, like, talk about the weather for the whole podcast. But we know that it is summer, and a lot of people are feeling the heat. So if you missed last week's episode, definitely go and check it out. We're sharing a ton of our tips on how to stay cool during the summer when you live in a vehicle because a lot of us out here do not have air conditioning. So you're definitely going to want to check that out if you are melting. That's the number one way to avoid the heat, though, is get an air conditioner and beef up your battery bank so you can handle that air conditioner on those hot days. Yeah, or drive somewhere where it's not so hot. Yeah, and that's something that we do all the time. We always find the climate that's kind of perfect for the time and the the moment that we're in. But with that being said, let's talk about the video that we just put up. We actually just threw up a new video on our YouTube channel, it's all about a crazy awesome adventure that we did in La Paz. Something that was super unexpected. And we wound up going sandboarding. Have you guys ever been sandboarding before? It was so much fun. Basically, you're strapped to kind of like a sand like a snowboard and you go down a giant dune and then you have to climb back up it. So It was super fun coming down and a ton of work going up, but it was really nice. We met up with some locals who decided they wanted to show us the ropes, and it was a really fun time. So if you haven't seen that video, go and be sure to check out our YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. Now that we're all caught up on everything FNA, let's jump into the podcast. Here are the Bodenzas. 
Yeah, but, just, but since like we left, I have started starting all my sentences with a blah. So I will need to. Uh, that's why your YouTube videos are taking off now. Like the blah guy. <laughs> they think they're vlogs, but they're actually blah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That could be like a really good primal branding. I don't know. You might want to listen to it. We were just talking about noises actually before like we get into the video. Like you know when people yeah. have their logo and they're they have like a duck noise like, or like a you know, you know and like, every single video we're we like we need a noise. And yours is yeah. <laughs> I can clip it for you. I can give it. I'll sell you the rights to it. So oh, if you really want I'm it. So generous. So generous. Oh, man. All right, guys, today on the podcast, we have Carissa and Anthony. We're super excited to chat with them. We met you guys back in Arizona, and we're finally circling back to do a chat here on the podcast. So how about you guys kind of kick us off with a little bit of who you are, how you got into van life, and what you're riding around in now? Yeah, so we're the Bedanzas. It's just our last name, but that's where you'll find us on all the socials. We got into van life, I guess, in our minds about two years ago. Um, we got into a van about 10 months ago. So uh, two years ago, we started Carissa. Well, it kind of starts before that. You should tell the beginning of this story. So I've been wanting to do van life since, oh man, probably like 2015, 2016. I was that dreamer on Pinterest and Tumblr back in the day, like reblogging, repinning. And I knew I wanted to do something like that eventually. Um, and so I started to save what money I could. And then very inconveniently, I met Anthony mm-hmm. and I'm always an inconvenience. <laughs> he, I tell him, I was like, Hey, just so you know, um, you know, this is like day two of meeting. Hey, just so you know, I want to live in a van one day. And I very insensitively said, why would you voluntarily want to be homeless? That was my exact <laughs> words. I wish I could take them back now because it's a terrible thing to have said, yeah. but that was kind of my mindset going into it. And then even, well, there's our alarm. Um, so that was kind of my mindset going into it at the very beginning. And then we got married and it was like in the back of our minds, but we were in our professional careers working. We were in Orlando, Florida, and I had always wanted to work for myself. And so I'd continuously been working towards that, but then like life and marriage and like all the expenses that comes with that, just make it, make it more difficult to figure out what that path looks like. And so I was continuing to try to find that and eventually found ways to make money and work for ourselves. Uh, Myself personally, she ended up being remote, which the pandemic kind of aided a little bit. But in that process, we kind of took money that we were saving for a house and turned it into a van fund. And that was kind of like a special week. I was like, hey, we have this money. Like we literally changed the bank account name from like house fund to van life fund and then started thinking and looking towards buying a van. This is probably early, late 2020, early 2021. And at that point, because we started looking at the van in January of 2021, that's when we were starting to look at the van that we bought eventually. And so we uh, was able to leave my job and start to work for myself. And that kind of income independence allowed us to feel like, okay, we actually can move on to the road as she was fully remote. And then she could take a part-time job and we ended up buying a van. That's a whole, that's a whole problem. That took, it took us like three months to buy a used van which was ridiculous i have a whole like video documenting the frustrations of that process but that we finally eventually got our van took us about six months to even start to build and then we ended up building it out in about 45 days because we moved up our timeline to move in so we've been on the road since september of 2010 do you want to tell them what our van is 
of 2021. 2021. <laughs> I do not know why I said 2010. <laughs> yeah, we are cruising around in a big effing van named Bev. Mm-hmm. It is a white Freightliner Sprinter 2012, and it's a 170 wheelbase. She's massive. Yes. Nice. So let me ask you this. When you switched it from a house fund to a van fund, how far away were you realistically from getting a house versus like being able to just like flip that and turn it into a van? Yeah. I mean, I think at that point we had, so I, I've been working and we were always very frugal. I'm very like financially minded person. And so we had just been saving a lot, living like really below our means um, not making a ton, but we probably had, I think six or $7,000 saved in the van fund added another three ish before we like started buying and building out a van. Um, just being able to put in about 500 bucks a month. And, um, so that was where that was, I guess if we're looking at houses in the Orlando market, maybe we could have bought something for a little down and we had decent enough credit. Um, but we were probably thinking about a year to a year and a half to buy a house. And I think we turned it into a van in about six months. <laughs> Yeah. And we had always wanted to travel. So Mm -hmm. we weren't sure what even buying a house would look like or what that meant for us or where or where. So really changing it into van life felt a lot truer to what we were hoping to do with our lives. Yeah, it's beautiful. So what were you doing before, like work wise? um, And Mm -hmm. how hard was it to leave those jobs? Go for it. So I didn't actually leave my job. I uh, created a new job for myself within the job I had. So I work for a nonprofit organization and I've been there the past six years now. And about year three, I created an additional role for myself in some ways. Yeah, it was a second job. Yeah, a second job within the job. If you're in the nonprofit industry, you know how that goes. Um, and part of leaving, I said, hey, I, I want to just do this job part-time and keep the stipend that you're paying me for it. So that's, it was a really seamless transition where I was just able to keep working on that. Yeah. So we met while I was in college and that's kind of when that whole initial conversation of her wanting to be in a van and me thinking she was crazy spurned. And then I graduated about a semester and a half later, moved down to Orlando and started just taking whatever job I could to pay the bill. So I worked for Enterprise and worked up the ladder there. And then I was an assistant manager at the rental car company. But I was working like 55 hours a week. And so I was like, I really want to work for myself, but I have no time outside of work to put energy, any energy towards trying to build a business for myself. Uh, and so I quit that job, took like a $15,000 a year pay cut and started working at a bank as like an entry-level banker. Um, and I was also working 15 hours less. And then... Uh, probably worked that job for about a year uh, and was able to to leave it, not making as much as I made at the bank. And we haven't been we haven't made as much as we were when we were working full time jobs yet. Um, but we're kind of building the foundations that'll allow us hopefully to make that much and then more and more. But we've made enough to continue to sustain our lifestyle on the road, which is kind of more important now than continuing to save money. Yeah, and that's part of the story. While he was working at the bank was when we started to have the discussion of, well, mm-hmm. what if we travel full time? Yeah. And that was the big question of, well, how do we make money? And people do it a lot of different ways, right? They, they'll save up and then they'll go. But we knew that we wanted it to be a lifelong option to mm-hmm. travel. So part of that was figuring out how to work remotely on the road. Yeah. And so while Anthony was working at the bank, he also started dabbling and reselling. Yeah. And so that's kind of, that's what allowed me to leave that. And it, honestly, I started dabbling and reselling 
less because I wanted to move into the van and more because I wanted to like work full time on YouTube. And I have an, another YouTube channel that's separate from our stuff where I make the majority of our money now. Um, but that wasn't making any money and I'd had it for about a year. So I was like, I need to find some time so I can produce these videos because that was what I thought would be the conduit through which we we're able to travel because you can do that from anywhere, just making some videos. So uh, and it's obviously more than that, but it feels like that sometimes. <laughs> but um, but I started dabbling in reselling because I had done it on eBay for a while. I started on Amazon, which is actually what a lot of my content is about now is about business and, and money and reselling stuff. And that allowed me to quit my job, honestly, since I started that in about two months, not making as much as I was uh, initially, but able to leave and become what I like to call income independent rather than financially independent because we're totally not financially independent. We have to work a lot, but we're income independent. So we don't need like a specific like boss or specific job. We can... Uh, work and do the things that we want to do in ways that we've already built to make money. So that's kind of how we were able to move into the van. And uh, yeah. I have to go take something out of the oven. Just give me one second. Sorry. (laughs) Was that that timer that went off? She's got like burnt muffins in there. I thought that was like a, I thought that was a reminder for after like that we're meeting. And then it was like, like That's later. kind of what I figured too. But yeah. she's like, no, 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 I'm baking a cake. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's something else. I think she's baking like tofu and Brussels sprouts and stuff. Oh, very, nice, very nice. That make, that's making me hungry, even though I just ate. <laughs> <laughs> are you guys eating out a lot there? Or are you guys? No. Uh, 50, 50, I would say we, we still cook in quite a bit, but, um, mm. Eating out here is so freaking cheap. It can be yeah. so cheap. Yeah. There's definitely yeah. some like really expensive options that if you wanted to like blow your budget, you could. But <laughs> yeah. like, for we- instance, we for instance we uh we had uh like lunch out and then went to the bakery and got like snacks from the bakery and it cost us a total of, like twelve dollars a bit tip for like Dang. stuff for to like, the brim and mean, baked goods for like three days. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, it's nuts. The baked good part is very dangerous, though, because the bakeries, they like perfume into the streets like this, like delicious, just oh, yeah, sugar, like flour smell. And then you go in there and everything is like 10 pesos and you get a tray and like tongs. And you literally mm. walk around and you fill your tray <laughs> with the baked goods. It's dangerous. And then you take it over and they pack it all up for you. And they're like, wow. oh, your total is 80 pesos. And you're like, that's like $3. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. So jumping back into the vlog, yeah. you keep talking about, I'm sorry, jumping back into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to saying the vlog. You were talking about uh, being financially independent right and Mm -hmm. you're talking about the fact that you're not making as much money but living life on the road seems to be still sustainable how is that you know how are you able to sustain life on the road if if you're making less money yeah so from one of actually our first conversation so we were long distance for a while so our relationship kind of moved fast and it moved like serious quickly when we realized that we liked each other and saw a future together so we're like, both pretty intense people. We don't do anything people. halfway. So we're like, all right, two weeks in, no red flags. Let's go. Let's get yeah. married. And so initially we started talking about like budgeting and like those type of philosophies. And so like how we wanted to budget our money. And from the very beginning, well, we first started out not making a lot of money at all and having to live in Orlando, which is a bigger city where rents are pretty expensive. And then like, as like I moved up and started making a little bit more, we didn't really increase our lifestyle a lot and kind of stayed we kind of stayed in like a college mindset of how much we would spend, obviously a little bit more and we'd splurge on some things, but we really tried to be 
frugal. So even when I was making more money, most of that was either going towards investments or savings um, because we knew that we had like some bigger goals down the road. And if we could do that now, when our life does get more expensive necessarily because we have kids, uh, it'll be a little bit easier to go up in that because we'll already have some money pre-saved and invested. And as a part of leaving my job, uh, I knew that to me, the like time freedom and the freedom to be able to choose whatever I wanted was way more important than an extra thousand dollars every month. And so like I was, I told myself like, Hey, if we just make enough to like subsist for a while, I'm comfortable with that because I'm doing the things that I want to do. And I became much happier doing that because that personally, that's what I needed. And on top of that, moving into the van, I knew that if it, if it takes us another two or three years before we start investing again, we're still going to be investing from, from a young time for like period. We're both still pretty young and we'll be able to invest for a while. And we already have some investments. So I wasn't super worried about getting our income back up to where it was initially. I was more worried about like doing the things that we wanted now, because I feel like I would regret less having an extra, like if we're talking 40 years down the road, an extra $50,000 in our 401ks than I would not taking two years to really enjoy our life on the road and traveling and, and one another and being together more. Yeah. And day to day, we don't pay for campsites. We mm-hmm. um, don't really spend a ton on food. We eat pretty. Uh, well, I get, I would like to say that, but we spend way more than we want to on food. But not like we aren't buying more food than we need most yes, of the time. True. Um, we aren't going out to fancy restaurants. We're big experience people, but we aren't like big concert people or we don't like to buy things. So what we are spending before hasn't changed that much. We just aren't putting as much into savings now. Yeah. And we're spending a little differently. So I would say if we're just talking like numbers, like we pull between the various like in like business things that we do, we probably pull about $1,600 a month and then a thousand dollars from part-time jobs. So we're spending probably close to 25 to $2,800 every month, depending on how much you're traveling, how much you're moving, how lazy we are with how much we want to eat out. Those are all various factors that make a big difference on how much we're spending every single month. Yeah. I think it's like, for us, we're kind of in the same boat as well, where it was like, we had these good jobs and we were willing to kind of like take the risk to leave And at the beginning, we, you know, had the savings and we were like, we're just going to travel for a year and then, you know, we'll find where we want to buy a house and whatever. Mm -hmm. But it kind of turned out that like, oh, we could actually make money virtually and like, Mm -hmm. you know, we could start supplementing our savings with money that we're making on the road. And now we're in a position where like, we're definitely making less than we were making at our corporate jobs, but we're making way more than enough to be able to live in a van, sustain life travel, have fun, have these experiences. And it's like, you know, it's like that benefit of like, you know, what, what is important to you and what is valuable to you. And realistically, I think for us, we would be doing ourselves a disservice by staying at those regular jobs, making Mm -hmm. the good money that we were making then. I mean, granted, we are building a business just like you guys are. And that business could eventually be greater than both of our corporate jobs. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the, that's the goal, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we, we're young now as well. You know, we're not as young as you guys are, but we're, (laughs) we're young enough to where, we want to live and experience life together and be able mm-hmm. to do it like all the experiences because you guys mm-hmm. are like us, I feel like in the sense of experience, like you want to go on a, a climb, you want to go and do things that are inexpensive, but beautiful. And it, mm-hmm. it creates more value in your lives together as individuals and as a couple. Um, and so with that being said, 
you know, doing it for us in our thirties is much better than trying to do it in our fifties or sixties, you know, when we are financially say ready for it. Uh, But we could all make ourselves financially ready today. Yeah. And I think the big, the big kind of switch, I don't know when it flipped, but I started carrying a lot. I think it was as I was working like really crappy jobs and like not making a ton of money, but making more money than I needed to live. And it kind of, uh, flip the switch of like, I don't really care how much money I make. I care about how I make the money. And so if I'm able to like make it on the road while we're traveling, building businesses around our lifestyle of travel of like just things that I enjoy doing to make money, even though I'm making way less, but it's still enough. Like that's, I feel like that's a way better trade for me. And I don't think I'll regret it if I don't have as much money down the road, but at the same time, you could build it to a place where you do have more money, but that's just not the important thing. It's about how I'm making it than how much it is. Mm-hmm. And always, I mean, a corporate job is always ready with a desk to fill, yeah. you know, yeah. so if you were like, oh, this van life thing's not working or, oh, we're pregnant and, you know, we just want a total life change and like, you know, to get the apartment and whatever, you could find a job and literally yes. as yeah. quickly as you got into a van, you could get out of a van and back into a regular mm-hmm. like apartment situation. Yep. Totally. We always have a backup, which is that's a luxury. Yeah. 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 Same for us. We, we always have that idea of like, I could go back to doing air conditioning. Alex could go get an executive assistant position and there's no job beneath us either. Like we would go back and I would serve tables or whatever it is I have to do. If we were ever in absolute need of the almighty dollar, you know, to, (laughs) to make it, to be able to like put food on, on the table or if there was an injury or whatever it is, you know, we would figure it out. Mm-hmm. Totally. So you guys have been in the van for, you said 10 months now. What is something that you wish you knew before you got on the road? So I love thinking about this question specifically because I'm a research junkie. I feel like I watched all the blog or all the like YouTube videos. I read all the blogs. I um, followed all the Instagram accounts, all the like, 10 things I wish I knew before moving into a van, like, cause I just love to be prepared and know. Um, so with that being said, here are the things that I really wish I knew. How to make money on the road is one of the biggest questions that van lifers have. And we have a podcast that we think is going to answer that question for you. Frugalpreneur is the perfect podcast to figure out how to make money on the road. The show aims to show people how to start an online business on a budget without any venture capital, loans, debt, or credit card. And you guys know that we hate debt. The goal is to start a business for roughly $100 a month, leveraging free and affordable software to operate the online business. You're going to hear from amazing guests who started their business with less than $1,000 to making over a million dollars in revenue. This might be the podcast for you. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm about to jump on it. Find out how to start your new business on a bootstrap budget today by searching for Frugalpreneur wherever you listen to podcasts or go to sarahjohn.com slash podcast and start listening today. I think I romanticize van life and traveling um, and not that I, did, I didn't think it would be hard, but you still have when you're traveling full time and experiencing new things all the time, you have to choose to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, just like when you're in your home base, you have to choose to enjoy where you are. You still have to choose that when you're in beautiful places all the time. If anything, doing van life, 
I have to force being present way more than if I was somewhere on vacation. Um, we talk about this a lot where we're in these beautiful places all the time. And we're like, man, it's just like, I feel like I would enjoy this more if I was on vacation here because you have a week to be fully present and get exhausted. And then you can go home and get back in your routine where, you know, when we're in Southern Utah or Moab and it's beautiful, we still have to work. We still have to be in our routine and it's harder to be as present for those amazing experiences. Mm -hmm. So I think mentally and emotionally, I, I wish I would have practiced that in my own backyard a little more. Cool. Love that. Anthony, you look like you're mulling something over. I don't know. So to be honest, like moving to the van, I had always seen it more as like Carissa's thing. Because it had been like the thing, like, and I, I don't get me wrong, like I wanted to do it and I was excited to do it, but it seemed like her thing. And so moving into the van with that kind of mindset, it became harder for me to like fully enjoy it because I would defer to her on like what we would do because I knew it was her thing. It's been her dream. And so I would, I would like intentionally not choose things that I wanted to do if I felt like they would be out of the way instead of just having a conversation about it. And one of the things that I think living in any small space with anybody is going to force communication in a different way. And that's something that I knew that it was going to change, but I didn't expect the ways that it might change. And kind of in a good way was I had never been really good about like wanting to do things for myself and moving into the van, realizing that like, okay, we can't do this. Like we had some fights about it, but like we can't do this for like a year or two years if I'm just being dragged along places or I'm not like doing things for myself. And so kind of a a benefit was needing to ask and like communicate my needs to do things so that I would enjoy this as well. And as a part of that, like, I thought that we enjoy things much like the same things much more than we do. And we are like two very different and differently independent people. And so it's kind of weird being in a van where you have one space and are very reliant on the other person, like for which space you will occupy for that day. So that was a, that's an interesting kind of wake up as well, which is a cool thing to have realized um, that is going to help inform what will hopefully be another 50 to 80 years together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's part of the fun thing about getting married so young is that we're getting to grow up in those ways together. So we're discovering those things about each other and ourselves in this really unique way. Yeah. Like for instance, tomorrow we're going to leave for the Rockies for three days. And one of the things that I realized as living in the van is like, I don't like hiking as much as I thought I liked hiking. (laughs) I love a destination, a goal, something to get to. I love that. I don't like the journey of getting there if I'm just walking to get there. Like that is not interesting to me at all. So like I might do one of the big hikes or maybe one every other day when we're in the Rockies. The rest of the time, like I'm going to really enjoy working because I really do enjoy that. And a benefit of like having built up incomes around the things that I love is I can like build businesses around my lifestyle, do the things that I love. And so I would have thought, oh my gosh, we're going to go to get to do all these hikes. And it's like, I don't, I kind of want to tap out around seven miles every day if not every other day. And so she's going to go and like be insane and probably do 15 to 25 miles every single day and wear herself out. So that when we get back to Boulder on Saturday, she's going to be asleep all day. Um, And like, she will love that. 
I thought that I would love that. Like going into the van, if you told me this is what you guys are going to do, I'd be like, this is going to be so fun. I'm going to love this. And then as we've done it more and more and had those opportunities, I realized, no, give me five miles a day. Cap me out. I'm good. <laughs> give me two or three hours. It's awesome. I love that though. I love that you guys are figuring yourselves out and realizing the things that you're truly passionate about and what, you know, goes secondhand, you know, or drops out of the bag of like hobbies that you have, you know, yeah. and I want to go back to the work uh, and, you know, beautiful reality mm -hmm. that you live in situation with you, Carissa, what do you do now today that's different than when you first got in the van where you could actually appreciate and be present in those mm -hmm. moments? Is there anything that you've changed work-wise or, you know, any, any, any advice you could give? I let myself realize that this isn't a vacation, mm. that this is real life. And part of it being real life is that I am not going to be present 24 seven and letting that be okay. Like it is okay if we are in a city and we don't do some things, or if I'm in it, like, for example, we're in Boulder right now, Boulder, Colorado, and I've maybe done two hikes where before I would have felt like I had to check off every single hike and do all the amazing things, go to all the cool coffee shops. Use all trails as a checklist. Right. <laughs> and now realizing that that's not a realistic way to pace yourself mm -hmm. if that's your every day. That's great for a vacation, not realistic for real life. So I just had to adjust my expectations of myself and let myself be okay with being a human with limitations. And one of the things that, helps us with that as well that we've had a lot of conversations about is like i think it's really easy to get caught up in whatever season of life you're in that that's like that's your whole life so like we're like oh we'll be in the van for these two years so all we think about is like and we've talked about extending it potentially and getting a different van and whatnot but it's like okay we're thinking about these two years and if it's outside of these two years it's like really way in the back of your mind but it's like we're in these cool places we can just come back to them yeah like you're able to do that like and that's something that always <laughs> escapes my mind as a possibility right. but it's like oh i'm gonna miss out on this it's like no you can just go do it in like three years like whatever yeah. like if you really want to do it go back and do it you know yeah i feel like when you are traveling long term like we are it's hard to get out of the mindset of like, like even just the other day we were sitting in the city and we were like in the van all day, like working, we're trying to get, you know, whatever done. And I literally, I was like, I feel like I'm missing the whole reason that we're here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's still, you get the FOMO and you're like, Oh, like I have to do this work, but like we're in this beautiful place. And mm -hmm. so I think for us, it's been about like figuring out like the balance of the two. Mm -hmm. And like, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm super bad at this in terms of like making a schedule and being like, Oh, like I could literally work from like the minute I get up to like the minute I go to bed and like be <laughs> happy with like five minutes of like sitting in a chair and like, you know, going, taking Paco for a walk or something and then be like, okay, back to work. But then there's other days where I'm like, if I have to look at my computer for one more minute, I'm going to fucking scream. So we need to get out of here. Well, I'm the complete opposite. I'm the type that goes outside, walks around, looks at the beauty of nature. I'm constantly trying to be present uh, in the place that I'm at. Even when we're just sitting in the van doing work, like I try to look around and notice where we are and notice how lucky we are. And mm -hmm. like, it's really weird how I'm, and like, I could tell Alex gets frustrated by it sometimes too, because she's like, what are you like? You need to do work like now. And I'm like, I'm like, babe, like we are our own business. We're our own company. We're our own everything. Like things will get done when they get done and people yeah. will watch when they're going to watch. 
Like there's not, there's really not too much we could do. That Sounds like you're lazy, dude. It does, it does. But like, if you look at the full spectrum of it, right. I actually get a lot of shit done, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, but the idea is, is that like, you know, it, our time or my time means more to me than anything. Right. Mm-hmm. This is the reason why we left that corporate job. This is the reason why you guys left your jobs to travel is to be able to have more time on your side, actually mm-hmm. feel time kind of slow down, you know, yeah. be able to like take that deep breath and say, you know, shit, I don't have to commute in and out of work three hours per day. You know, mm-hmm. I've gained three hours per day to do whatever the fuck I want. Like realistically, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's for every day of the year, pretty much, you know, because of how much I work. So being out here, I try to personally like realize how lucky I am that I get to see a new beautiful place. And like you said, mm-hmm. I could always go back if I feel like I miss something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think the beauty of that too is like both of you are right for yourselves and wrong for the other person. It's very similar to us. Like I'm much more like Alex. It was just like, I can get up and like, I would feel so bad. It's like, I'll just work all day. And I think it's, it's bad to a point where like, if I don't have a relationship with Carissa, but a lot of times, like I can just work all day long and she'll be doing her thing and we're meeting each other's needs as we need to. But at the same time, like there's some days like, I'm just not gonna do anything. And then we can like go and hike and do whatever. So there's a, yeah, it's everything is right for different people. And I think especially in a relationship, sometimes it's easy to feel like you have to like you both have to be like the other. And it's just like we've realized so much that that's just not the case. And that's not good for either of us. Like we either of us would hate it. One of us would if the other out their way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, too, just as a relationship, as a couple in a van, there's such a learning curve you know, going from the apartment and you both leave for eight plus hours a day and you don't see you got two cars come back yeah. and like, you know, so whereas like in the van, it's literally 24 seven, 365 mm-hmm. that you're together. Yeah. So you got to figure out how to communicate with each other. Yeah. There are no doors to hide behind. <laughs> no. And like you're just a curtain. Hobby wise, you know, hobby wise, yeah, just a curtain. Just, <laughs> uh, hobby, you like slam yeah. it really hard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> gotta get some magnets so you can really make it sound <laughs> yeah. and then hobby wise like if your hobbies don't align you have to be comfortable with saying to other person yeah go ahead and do your thing mm-hmm. and like i'm gonna do my thing and like that's okay but yeah. you, you get caught up in like being in the van so often together that it's almost hard to even let go and let the other person mm-hmm. do what they want to do or what they love to do and if it happens to be work so be it you know yeah. <laughs> i think you, one of the things that was really foundational for us that I'm thankful we had before moving into the van is that we are, we've always been champions of each other's happiness, mm-hmm. even to a detriment. If it hurts us where yes. we don't need it to, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, yeah. That's like what I was talking about <laughs> earlier with like this first little bit of moving into the van. Right. Like I was like, oh, I don't need to like anything. Like we can just do what you want. And so part of that is if Anthony says, Hey, I don't really want to hike. I'm like, thank God. I don't want you to be miserable on this hike with mm-hmm. me. Like I would rather me go enjoy myself and you enjoy yourself yeah. and like us meet up very happy instead of forcing ourselves to be miserable together. And what's yeah. cool about that too, is when like, I like when she was planning this hike, she's like, man, I don't know. Like yesterday we had this conversation because she was scheduling. She's like, I don't know if you're going to want to do any of these hikes. Like these are all long, strenuous hikes. And I was like, I think I want to do one or two with you. And she was so much more excited than if it's like, hey, this is the hikes that we're doing. But it's like, I'm choosing to 
like do the hobby that is more important to her. And like I've got since moving to the van, this was unexpected. I got super into disc golf and like to the point where like I'm thinking about a professional future career at some point in disc golf, uh, having started a little bit ago. And I've already created a business around it where I have companies sending me stuff from a new YouTube channel that I've started. It's like it's the biggest plot twist in my band. Like, already. <laughs> <laughs> I did way more disc golf courses than I ever thought I would be. Yeah. In this like in this five months. But a part of that is like when I want to go play, like sometimes I'll be like, Hey, do you want to come walk this with me? Especially if it's like a mountain course, it's by like trails. Like it's pretty, you know, to go out, not just like a boring, like course. I won't invite her, but like sometimes she's like, just cause I know she doesn't want to do it, but sometimes she's like, yeah, I want to play. And then like when she wants to throw, it's like, it's so much more exciting because she's interested and we're like just genuinely interested instead of this is just how we do things, but we're both very independent people. And we know, we know when we feel like we're dragging the other person along yeah. somewhere <laughs> and it's just not enjoyable as when they're choosing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think even though you're in a relationship, you also have to listen to your inner guidance. And if your inner yeah. guidance is saying, I don't want to do that thing, you go have fun. I'm going to do my thing. It's like being in the relationship <laughs> where like both people are okay with that. Because yeah. if one of you is like, no, 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 like you have to come on this 15 mile hike, like, <laughs> you, like you're going to love it. And like, I can't enjoy it if you're not there. Then it's right. like, it's like horrible. Like, why would you want to do that to the other person or yourself? I have to say guilty. Um, you know, so Alex and I, when we first started our van travels, we went on this task of being able to snowboard every Epic and icon mountain in North Mm -hmm. America. Snowboarding is my thing, not Alex's Mm -hmm. thing. Alex just recently learned snowboarding before we went. (laughs) And along that journey, Alex is very like goal mindset, like orientated. So it's like, she actually was the one who kind of pushed for this goal for me. So I was like, hell yeah, went for it. And then as we're doing it, you realize that it's hurting the relationship. In this I was like, I hate this. She basically, I don't want to go. She the weather is bad. Yeah. It's icy. It's shitty. Yeah. I snowboarded yesterday and the day before and the day before <laughs> and the day before. Like, I'm good. <laughs> but I would tell her, like, I had no issue with her not going snowboarding with me. Like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. If anything, cool. I get to go do even more crazy shit. Because if she's mm-hmm. with me, I can't do half of those things. Um, but she basically became like my stage mom, you know, where she was mm-hmm. making sure I was fed, hanging up my clothes because this was like a crazy endeavor where we have to travel maybe three or four mountains per day on the East Coast and then, you know, get to the West Coast and you're traveling every day still. So, mm-hmm. you know, I wound up snow- snowboarding 71 mountains in one season. She wound up doing 40 of them. But towards oh, the end, it wound up being the fo- like the last 20 of them wound up being mountains that she wanted to ride. Wound up being like the mm-hmm. the moments where she was like, "All right, I want to go," and I'm like, "Yeah," you know, it's like that same exact feeling. You start a better feeling, like, better feeling of like she really wants to be out here. My partner yeah. actually wants to enjoy this with me and not just for me, you know. And I yeah. think that's the biggest difference. And then same now is like I still want to snowboard, but the compromise is that we're gonna be going to beaches and going doing these nine different countries over the next nine months, which is not necessarily a compromise for me. I'm <laughs> loving it. It's beautiful. God, and, dude, but, you you like your life sucks right now. I know it's hard, it's right? uh-huh. but here's the thing: is like I found my new hobby in surfing, right? And mm-hmm. Alex went out a couple times right away, pretty immediately. Noticed that she didn't really want to. It's learn not to good surf. for my body. Like every time I would go out surfing, I would end up with a massive like neck migraine. Because it's oh. so much paddling, paddling, yeah. paddling, and I don't have that like upper like trap strength or whatever. <laughs> and when my neck gets jacked up, I end up with a migraine for a whole day. So no, I'm like, do geez. I really want to like learn to 
I was going to say snowboard, but it's surf. learning to surf <laughs> to the detriment of like my own body and like, you know, no, yeah. but like you go surf, I'll come out on the paddle board and like mess around or like, mm. I've actually really been enjoying scuba. Yeah. So nice. yes. we can be mermaids together. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the beautiful thing about it though, is surfing normally involves a reef which involves good scuba mm-hmm. yeah. or good snorkel. So yeah. Alex gets to dive in the water and snorkel around while I learn the surf. You know, so it's oh, like so this perfect opportunity. It's like the disc golf being next to these beautiful mountains where, mm-hmm. you know, Carissa could then go take an awesome hike. You know what I mean? So it's like you, you're, we're fortunate that we could always find the silver lining of like what totally. we love, you know, around what the other person loves. Because you're both driving to the yeah. same place. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We have to be. And one of the interesting things that kind of is a added benefit that you didn't think about is when you're both like having your own car, doing your own things in an apartment, like or house, you can just tell people about your days. But when you're in a van, like it's hard to start those conversations sometimes unless you do something that's different. But it's like, oh, she wants to go on this hike. She could tell me all about this hike. And like, I can experience that way through her. And I can go tell her about like a tournament I played or something. And like, it's a lot easier to like that's one of kind of the rhythms that you miss in van life unless you have separate hobbies. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Cause you're with each other 24 seven. So all the normal, like small talk becomes so obsolete, you know, yeah. <laughs> because you're literally together all the time. Like, so what happened to, Oh wait, I was there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so let me ask you guys this. So you're both young. Can you tell us how old you are? Mm-hmm. I'm 27. I'm 24. And so you got kind of, when did you get married? How old were you when you got married? <laughs> I was 20. And I was 23. Yeah. Yeah. So now that, you know, you got married really young and now you're living in the van, you've kind of given up like the corporate, you know, or like the American dream of, you know, climbing the corporate ladder and blah, 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 blah. What does your families think about, you know, what you're doing now in terms of your travels and, you know, being vagabonds? <laughs> Well, like I said, my family had a long time to uh, think this over since you know, around 2015, 2016, I was wanting to do van life. Um, but we both had intentions of living overseas and having travel and being far from our families be a part of our life. So if anything, my parents specifically are, they're like, we're just happy you're in the States. We're happy that uh, you are in another country with no cell service or anything. Yeah, my family is excited. I mean, I went to college in Virginia and then I moved down to Florida. So they're not like used to seeing me as much as when I was growing up either. Um, and kind of beneficially, one of my cousins, Luke, shout out. He was the first one in my family who bought a van. And so he did like some van travels as well. He wasn't full time. He did a lot of part time stuff, but he would work for himself for a bit um, and like go and do like these trips. So it was in the air of my family that vans were a part of it in some capacity. So it was kind of easy. Um, it was, it was more exciting for them. Like when we went up to Cleveland as a, the first part of our trip and like showed them the van, they were so excited. And they're like, Oh, this is awesome. Because it was kind of a known quantity, which is yeah. cool. It was super fun. We spent some time with one of my brothers and he has a five-year-old son, my nephew, yeah. and he was obsessed with our van. He wanted so to nice. hang out in it with us. He's like, well, can, I can just like come with you guys. We're like, I mean, you'll have to stay on the roof. We'll just strap you there. He goes, well, what if I stay inside with you guys? (laughs) (laughs) So it's been fun to be able to visit and include our family where they can. And they're all really excited for us. That's awesome. 
that's a beautiful thing having your family very much excited for your travels. And I do think that there is, if your family out there for the listeners, uh, if your family's kind of against it, once they think you get into it and then they see like that you're thriving and life is good and mm-hmm. uh, that you're, you know, it's not like the van down by the river, like SNL <laughs> style skit, you know, in a sense, you know, it is, but it's not. Um, and it's not really frowned upon as much. Uh, I think that your family will slowly come around too. And and if you have a family member that might not be okay with it, maybe try to take them on a trip with you. You know, mm-hmm. if you can get them in the van traveling with you, the whole perspective might completely change. Yeah. And I think a big part is that this wasn't something that we were sprung on our family. It wasn't a, hey, we bought a van and we're moving into it next week. They were a part of the process. So they were a part of us trying to get remote jobs and move into that. They were a part of us finding a van, buying the van, renovating it. So they were a part of the journey and got a way, they had a way to get used to the idea outside of us just leaving all of a sudden. Mm So you guys built your own van. Did you have any experience in van building or carpentry or plumbing or things like that? How did it go? And, you know, maybe what would you do differently or lessons learned kind of thing? Oh, gosh. So many lessons. Yeah. I feel like this is mostly me question because yeah. I, did, I did most of it. Um, so I, my dad growing up did like some odd jobs and stuff. So I would like shadow him. Didn't really I wasn't really super interested, so I didn't really learn a lot, but I kind of knew some like general <laughs> tricks of stuff. Um, and then in high school, I did a little bit of woodworking. And then for two summers while I was going into college and then my one summer between my two college years, I like did a decent bit of woodworking, mostly like um, scroll saw work, but also a decent bit of furniture building as well. Um, so I had like some general understanding of things. And then it was just a lot of YouTube and looking <laughs> stuff up. Um, so we bought the van over a period of three months. And I think we finally got our hands on it, like from the mechanic, because it was really busted and still is pretty busted. But um, (laughs) we got it back from the mechanic, maybe April, 2021. And we started like the actual build, like besides just cleaning it in late July, early August. So there was a lot of rust, a lot of holes that had to be patched and a lot of, it was just a gross van. Yeah, it was old, gross. They didn't really take good care of it, but we got a killer deal on it. So we couldn't really pass it up. Like, um, and so we like I started actually building the van about 45 days before we left uh to to do anything. So like I was like we put the hole in our roof for our fan maybe like less less than a month and a half before we left because we moved up our timeline we were initially planning on leaving when our lease was up and then we got an invitation for my buddy's wedding in cleveland which was a month earlier than that and we're like what if we just started our trip and then did a month in the northeast and did fall in like maine down the coast of like vermont new hampshire that's not the coast down the coast of like uh, uh, maryland and um rhode island connecticut and new york everything so um started building did not have almost any experience with like a lot of specific techniques, no electrical experience. I probably put a hundred hours into just like watching wiring diagrams, figuring stuff out, did all of that. Why? Um, but yeah, the van itself, there's a lot of things I would do differently. I wouldn't do it that fast ever again. Cause that's Awful. literally all it took up all of my time. Like I didn't like see friends a lot. I didn't do almost any work during that time. That's one of the benefits of working for myself and having some money saved. Uh, I built it in like essentially one, well, the van was parked and then one parking space next to it at our apartment complex, as well as our like little uh our porch. Porch, that's what it's <laughs> called. Yeah. And um 
just a lot of plywood and a lot of YouTube, but there's a lot of things I'll do differently because I think some of the materials were a little cheap. We did do it on the very cheap end of things. And we did that because we were planning on living it for like a year to two years, um, traveling as much as we could. And there are some things that have broken down in it. Really make sure that if you're doing drawers, try to use lightweight materials and use like we have steel ball bearing catches, which are adjustable tension, which are good, but they're still not quite enough for those drawers that have opened up a lot. And so those have worn through. So I, I have to make some adjustments on that. I was surprised at how much things shifted already in the van. Like things looked very square and now they're like <laughs> 15 degrees to the right because of how much jostling around the van does. And a lot of that's like cheaper materials and stuff, but it's all functional. So we don't really care as much. And that was the name of the game for us with how fast we wanted to build it and how much we don't really care about like the like aesthetic on that level. Like we really just wanted something that was functional to live in. But as we've talked about recently, we've been house sitting for a bit in the Denver area in Boulder and we're visiting with the family. And so we honestly, I thought we would house it and be like, we need to move back into a house. Like we don't like the van. Like, and, but we got to the house. And we're like, I want to go back to the van. And even I said that. So that's how we knew it was real. <laughs> so we've talked about buying another van and like doing things differently. And we'll probably take a lot longer um, on the second build, use a little bit higher quality materials um, because I think that's the, a big reason why some of our stuff is has broken a little bit. Just the quality isn't quite there on the materials and our van is also super old. And so honestly the inside of the van, what we built isn't my biggest frustration with it. It's mostly having to worry about, is it going to break down eventually? Um, mm -hmm. We've had some problems that we've gotten fixed. We have like 197,000 miles, but like that being said, all into the van that we have, it's like, we're about $30,000, maybe 35, mm -hmm. Uh, and like all cash. So that was a, a big benefit. But moving forward, I think that we would maybe buy a van that had some warranty on it. <laughs> but that is a lot. That's a lot more. That was not in our budget at all. And I'm not sad about the thing that we did. But the van build itself. Oh, the plumbing. That was a big issue. Find someone who can help you with the plumbing because our plumbing leaked for a while and then leaked again for a while. And now it kind of leaks, but doesn't fully. And we've switched it so we can turn off the leak. But find someone who can help you with plumbing if you have no experience with that, because water is going to be the biggest detriment to get inside your van. That we also did that 12 hours before we left. It was like 36. So <laughs> there's that time there. Some yeah. things that I love about our van, though, that I heard from other people, like, make sure you include this is having a big trash can that we love our full size trash can. Um, having a place to store our shoes is great. That isn't just in the walkway yeah. and also a place to put our laundry. That's easy to access, but isn't uh, out in the open. So we have it right under our bed with the little drawer, uh, a door right there. And it yeah. doesn't smell, but we can easily throw stuff in there. Yeah. And for reference, like we kind of have like the classic garage build with a stationary bed. And then there's a partition about uh, four and a half feet into the van that kind of like marks off the living space to like that garage area, which is about three feet of space. So we just have a door open to that. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think that we were kind of in the same boat as you guys with our first van. We got our first van for $4,000. It had 200,000 miles on it. Full rust, <laughs> all grime, real gross. Yeah. Nasty. We were probably about $13,000 into it. Uh, maybe 15000 like, you know, when all said and done, when and we were selling we, it. We spent probably another like six grand on the engine while we were traveling. Mm -hmm that yeah. first like yeah. 10 months because you know mm -hmm. with an older van like that that hasn't seen 
you know, action in a while. And then you start putting, you know, thousands of miles on in a month. We basically got through like the snowboard portion of our travel. So three months of our travels with like no breakdowns, no issues, no anything. And then after that, it was kind of just like this snowball effect of like just one thing after another, constantly trying to tweak. I would say the thing that I would do different is I would probably bring it to a, a diesel mechanic and have them mm. diagnose it properly. And then uh, since I could do the change, then change it. Frankie is a really big tinkerer and he'll hear a noise and he'll be like, mm, I know what that noise is. Yeah. And then we'll spend $400 replacing the thing he thinks it is. And he's like, oh, wasn't that. It's something else. <laughs> I just kept being like, oh like, my God. My like, stop. <laughs> tinkering is a good word. Yeah, yeah tinkering. Yeah, definitely. And like, uh, I never really had experience on car engines. I had experience on, uh, you know, AC equipment, but that's not an engine. You know, it's just, it's two different things. Yeah. There's yeah. similarities to it all, but it's definitely not. Close enough, thing. right? You can yeah, figure it out. out. <laughs> and then, made a metal. Mechanical stuff. Yeah. You know? But I think that for almost everybody that we've talked to, their second build is always better than their first build. Oh, yeah. And their third build is always better than their second Supposedly build. Supposedly the third build is the one that you, is perfect for you. <laughs> and truthfully, I was trying to avoid that so much by doing all the research beforehand. I was like, no, the first one is going to be it. We're going to have a place for everything and all these things. And layout wise, it feels pretty good. If yeah. anything, we have too much storage. Yeah. Um, but it's the actual like building of it that I underestimated. Like that's the experience you get where you want to do a second, the execution, mm-hmm. not so much mm-hmm. the functionality. It's like even being on the road after having done all this research, it's like, oh, there is something that I can just buy that fixes this problem. Like with mm-hmm. like drawers and stuff. It's like, oh, they, they just make this thing. Like I shouldn't have researchers for 15 hours and not realize that but talking to other people who have vans there's just always more things to learn Mm -hmm. and i think just the fact like the act of living in the space is Mm -hmm. also a huge teacher in terms of like what do you need and how much space do you need and where are you working and what is functional Mm -hmm. for you because when you're building that first van you can do hours and hours and hours of research but you've never actually put your butt in the seat of the van and like lived in it well and even so during your time of travel your hobbies change so with that being said when your hobbies change then the space kind of changes with that so being able to have something that you could kind of tweak a little bit but also Mm -hmm. be the layout that you like would be like kind of ideal i feel like yeah and as you were talking alex it reminded me of something that i think would be a big thing that i didn't do as i was building the van and that was driving the van as i was building it because like the first time this so this is in the like our vlog of when we first moved into the van but the first so i i first drove the van so i it was sitting in our apartment as i was building it maybe for about three weeks without driving it and then i put in drawers and i went to of all people i went to go show my therapist and uh so i was driving it and i was like oh i need something to catch these drawers obviously because of course you do it's slides um and so like but like one of them broke on the way there not a big deal was able to fix it in the parking lot um same one i think it's still broken after having <laughs> broken it it's broken a few more times and i replaced it but it's broken again that was just the design flaw by me but um figuring out like that and then i parked it again and then it was about two weeks before we left like 
to move into the van and I never drove it again, even as I was making all these additions to like mm-hmm. adding the drawer catches and things. And so the very first turn that I made when we moved into the van, we dropped off our keys. We got to a stoplight right outside our apartment, made a left turn to go and drop some stuff off at Goodwill. And one of our drawers flew out. There was so much shit in it. Like there were like pots, pans, a cast iron, a rice cooker and it broke and i broke down so i was like we can't do this we can't move into the van we just dropped off our keys we're a month early on our lease we're still paying out the lease like what are we doing with our lives i like literally broke down crying like the first thing in our van um and more things broke and then they're fixable and other things broke and they're fixable but i haven't fixed them yet even though it's been a couple months um but like there's just things that i would say drive your van as you're building it out because not only living in it, but also driving it are two very different things that you might have to account for. And your driving style will probably have to change if you're going from a car to a van, for sure. Right. 100%. You know, you're not fixing that. Sounds kind of lazy. You're <laughs> <laughs> not wrong, dude. We can both be lazy. It's okay. Yeah, I know. I'm messing. But well, I, and I it's so funny because I am so, like, I panic on the front end. So the whole time, as we're building, I have so much anxiety and just like, I don't think this is going to work. And like, just trying to maintain momentum. And he's just chill. He's like, we'll get it done. It'll be fine. We're good. I'm sleep deprived, but I'm chill. (laughs) And as soon as we start van life, he's like, oh my gosh, we made a big mistake. Like, how are we going to do this? And I'm so chill. I'm like, no, it's an adventure. We started. We're good. Yeah. You need to get a partner who's an opposite panic or Yes, correct. I think that's like you need the yin and the yang, right? Yeah. That's what makes the, the full circle. On your first date, you're like, oh, so what is your panic style? Yeah. <laughs> Are you a pre-panic or a post-panic? Right. <laughs> I love that. Well, so like, I mean, we just had we just had that whole issue with the van almost sinking into the water. Mm. And I think that, you know, our panic styles aligned at that time because (laughs) I was very much like stoic and like, okay, we're going to figure it out. And like, what do we do? And what is next? And like, how do we fix this? While I'm like, are you loving our podcast? Well, we have a way for you to get one more a month. By joining our Patreon community, you get exclusive access to a one-hour podcast ad-free every single month that does a deep dive into what it's really like to live on the road. Depending on which tier you select, you could even get free merchandise. Check out the link below and join the Patreon community today. You also get access to tons of behind-the-scenes content from our YouTube channel, too. Now back to the podcast. Fast panicking. He's like, holy shit, how do we get there? How do we get there? (laughs) But I'm, like, trying to get the van out of the water and, like, Mm. get it unstuck. So, like, I'm trying to get everybody in, like, the right line of action to be able to put ourselves in the best position to get us out. And then, but, like... But as the whole thing went, you know, uh, there's other forces that are involved. And when that happens, too, it makes you feel certain types of way. And then luckily, I had Alex there to be my rock to be Mm -hmm. like, don't worry. Like, it's not your fault. Like, take a deep breath. Everything's Mm going to be okay. You know, she's like, we have each other and that's what matters. And when Mm -hmm. she was getting into these, like, panic modes, I would be the one saying basically the same exact thing to her. Mm -hmm. Like, don't worry. We have each other. We have the things that we need. Like we'll figure it out no matter what happens. And luckily everything worked out really well. But yeah, the thing that worked out the most out of all of it was realizing that truly we had the right partnership. Like Mm -hmm. we, we are truly there for one another and love one another and care about each other more than anything else in the world. And Mm -hmm. we'll we'll make sure that no matter what happens that each other is safe. Yeah. That's good. 
Love you. So, cool. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up the conversation. The last question that we like to ask everybody is. We normally ask everybody, like, what is something you would change and what type of advice would you have for somebody who's about to get on the road? There's not much I would change about the van, truthfully, um, which I think is saying a lot. It's because I'm a perfect builder. I think the thing that surprised me the most that I want now that I was very against initially was the need to look really stealth. Um, And so I really wish that we had like a window or something Mm -hmm. like that on the side where before it's like, no, we don't want that. Like we want it to look like a work van, which it does. Um, (laughs) But realistically, if you're trying to do stealth camping, your fan on the top is going to give you away every time. Yeah. Like that's, that's the least stealthy thing, but that's what you need. Yeah. Um, so I think that, and also I would have added a second fan over the bed. Um, so we have one for like where we cook, but I would put another over the bed too. Yeah. Or some vents or something just to get like actual circulation of air. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think if I was to change a couple things, I would change the year and mileage of our van. (laughs) That would be one. Um, I would change. I would add a second swivel seat, which we still can do. We have one, which is good. Um, and then advice that I would have. I think the biggest piece of advice, especially if you're like a post-panicker like me, like we're talking about, would be like, if you're driving and something in your van breaks, it doesn't matter. Like, you'll be able to fix it. It's not a big deal. Like, mechanically, it's a little bit bigger of an issue. And obviously, you can take that someone. But like, if it, especially if you did a self-build, it's like, I probably know why it broke. It was probably either my fault or like bad materials, or maybe we just took a turn super fast, or maybe we were trying to like dodge a deer that we almost hit the second day that we had our van that almost destroyed our trip. But like, if something like that happens, like you'll be able to fix it or you'll know how to fix it. And you just won't need to like, that's how a lot of stuff in our van is right now. And like, you can make adjustments as you go. It's just getting on the road um, and doing it it's kind of easy for me to say because I'm much more the person of like, I'm just going to do this thing and roll with the repercussions of it. But to do that in van life is I think a benefit because there are just things that happen to you that are out of your control. Um, Whether it's in your van or it's outside of your van, whether it's like situations where you, I overlander has said a billion times that you can sleep here. And then the security comes and says, no, you can't stay here, dude. (laughs) Like you're going to have to, you're going to have to roll with a lot of stuff. And um, sometimes it's frustrating, especially because as a person you just have emotions because you're not, it's not, it's not a vacation. You're not in that same mode of, Oh, I'm just traveling. And so like, you're able to roll with things differently when you care less about like, cause you're on vacation, but like it's your whole life wrapped up into one vehicle and one place. Um, And, and you're going to have to be able to roll with that. Uh, I think the advice I would give is there's no right way to do van life Mm -hmm. there. There's a very particular brand that you see on Instagram, but there's way more people who are doing nomadic lifestyles that aren't showing it on Instagram. And when you get to the same BLM desert land and there's a bunch of cars, no one cares what your van looks like. (laughs) No one cares um, how you're doing it. Everyone is just happy to be present and be with each other. And so I think it's when you're in a house, you obsess so much more about what things look like and how things are placed and do you have the right equipment where once we moved into the van, we're like, man, we could have moved into it looking way worse and we would still be happy because the point isn't 
what does it look like? The point is, what can I do with this vehicle? And for reference, the wood that I bought was too small for our hinges. So I had to punch holes through the wood to put our hinges in. And like there's spots where like there's parts of nails that were sticking out that I've sanded down. Like our van does not look good, but literally no one cares, especially family who do live in houses are like, holy shit, you built a van. That's so cool. Like no one cares at yeah, all. Yeah. I feel like nobody they do they the suck. imperfections you see either. Like exactly. they just be like, wow, like the veneer of You've it made a home. Right. They're not exactly. like mm, that line of that cabinet's not 90 yep. degrees. Yeah. 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 And some people looking for those specific things yeah. would be somebody who's like looking to buy it. Right. Yeah. Maybe and the Maybe. girl who bought our first van, her only question was, is it manual or automatic? It. And she bought <laughs> it right unseen from the other side of the country. Yeah. And we were that. like, okay, if you don't have questions, we don't have answers. We need that kind you of buyer when we sell. <laughs> yeah. And I think even lifestyle wise, like there's not a right way to do van yeah. life. Some people stay in the same spot for three months or six months. Some people travel every week. Some people love to go hiking. Some people love to just sit around and yeah. like be. Yeah. And there's, I was expecting it to be very homogenous and there are people from all different walks of life doing it. Mm-hmm. And it becomes such a beautiful community yeah. where mm-hmm. in your normal like community life, you are around people who have the same interests as you, the same hobbies and probably the same socioeconomic status and van life. That's not the case. And mm-hmm. I, I really have loved that part. Yeah. Cool. Beautiful. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk with us today. We're definitely going to have all the links. You have a, you have one more. I have a question. Yeah. Since you guys have been doing <laughs> van life longer than us, what advice would you have given yourselves at that 10 month, one year spot? Yeah. What do you see us doing that sucked? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the advice is enjoy the journey. Like I know, mm-hmm. I know that's hard for you, Anthony, but, but, uh, because like, you said you'll enjoy the journey oh, for the hike, true. right? Every <laughs> chapter of van life changes. You know, we've been doing it for almost three years now. And no matter what we've done, our our relationship together has stayed the same, which is amazing because like uh, we've grown with it. But like our style of travel has changed many different times. Our, you know, way that we work has changed many different times. Mm-hmm. Like it's still the same like brand that we're working on and same, you know, aspect of, of that. But like, just the way, like the flow of life just changes, you know, mm-hmm. and don't be scared, be excited. You know, mm-hmm. um, life is going to throw curveballs at you. And it's all about how you uh, accept those, those curveballs. Are you going mm-hmm. to, you know, let it hit you and knock you down and not get back up? Or are you going to get back up and, you know, and, and see what the positive thing from that was? You know, mm-hmm. I think that's what we try to do no matter what. Like, for instance, something that was so recent would be, you know, the 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 flood thing, right? Mm-hmm. The positive part about that is we know we have each other no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. Previous to that, when the van, the first van that we had was like starting to break down, we both came to the same decision of selling it, even though it was one of the mm-hmm. hardest things we thought we would ever have to do. You know, mm-hmm. immediately after we found a van, immediately mm-hmm. after we were building. Like immediately after, like when you make a change in your life, everything kind of flows with it. And it's really just being able to pick up that ball and continue to play. Um, Mm, That's good. You know, I I think that's the thing that 
I would tell myself if mm-hmm. I was only a year in, like, don't worry about it. it, it everything's going to work out. Um, mm. I think we were just thinking about our business a lot at that time because we sold our first van at about a year, a year in and, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, started building a new one. And that was, we didn't realize how frustrating that building would be again. And mm. we quickly realized that uh, like we would do it again, obviously. It's just that you have to be able to adapt to the different chapters. Correct. Cause like mm. when you're traveling and you're meeting new people all the time and you're caravanning or you're even just like doing your own thing, you're in beautiful new places all the time. And then you are static and building and exhausted and dirty mm. and hurting, you know, like, Building is not fun, especially when you have a short timeline or whatever that mm-hmm. like it. And then you just see these people on Instagram who are having the greatest time <laughs> yeah. and they're in these beautiful places and they're driving, these, you know, the and you're like, gets real. you're like, well, yeah. why are we still stuck here building this stupid van? Like, why did we even <laughs> sell our first van? Like, what were we thinking? Yeah. You know, you have, but like embracing that, like, okay, this is a different season and we need to be like, mm. pre- you know, present for this. And. And I would say, don't forget to like laugh and love each other. Cause those like, mm-hmm. once again, your partnership is the key to it all. It doesn't even matter about the van at the end of the day. It really mm-hmm. matters about you two and what you two are enjoying together. You know, um, if we didn't enjoy this travel, if we didn't enjoy continue doing what we're doing, we would have stopped a long time ago, you know, mm-hmm. and that changes if you're not loving each other, if you're not laughing together, if you're not mm-hmm. enjoying the moments together, um, obviously enjoy your own individual moments as well, you know, and your own individual experiences as well. Make sure that you take care of yourself, you know, mm-hmm. like Alex needs to stretch and do yoga and meditate and do these different things that I don't necessarily uh, partake in all the time, but mm-hmm. she needs to do that for herself. Like I need to go shoot a basketball or play disc golf, whatever it is, you know, I need to do like an activity based thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and just knowing that you have, and you guys already are realizing that, which is great. You know, most people would force themselves into the trap of like always trying to do what the other person's doing. Mm -hmm. And I think you guys are in a great path and in a great mindset with already realizing something so simple like that. I think for me personally, it's been a lot about like listening to my gut and my intuition around knowing when it's time to change into the next thing. So even like mm. when we're with, you know, people for too long, sometimes it's a great vibe and I'm loving it and I could, you know, be with them forever. And it's like hard to say goodbye. And other times I'm like, this could be over. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, yeah. but then you stay for that. Is that, that how you're trying to kick us out of the podcast? Right yeah. now? Yeah. And we're done. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, being on the road for two and a half years, you meet so many different people. You're at all these different events. Like yeah. you end up in all these different caravan situations or just like camping situations. And like, you know, I'm a very much like an introverted extrovert. And I find that like, mm-hmm you know, you're just not going to vibe with everybody. And like, yeah. that's okay. You know, and I'm an extrovert where I try to vibe with everybody you and, know? Frank can, and, and I can vibe with Frank can vibe anyone. with a brick wall. Like I he's can. not <laughs> having a hard time. I have before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to tell us that story, dude. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> but Alex, you're exactly <laughs> right. Cause it, <laughs> it can be hard to leave a caravan or leave that spot. Yeah, it almost feels yeah. awkward to do that. So yeah. It's, that sounds so simple to just trust your gut or intuition, but that's really good. Yeah, yeah. I think that we've stayed places longer than we should have knowing, you know, like 
we feel that we need to separate, but then we don't mm-hmm. separate because you almost feel this social pressure or whatever to like mm-hmm. stick around and you don't feel not that like brave enough or whatever to be like, I'm just going to go do my own thing. And I, like, we have friends who are so good at that. And they're just like yeah. two days with humans. That's enough for me. See you later. <laughs> you know? And then the next time you see them, they're in great spirits. And like, you know, it's not like they didn't like you and that's why they left. It's just like, that's yeah. them, yeah. you know? And I think that awesome. listening to like that, and even in the phases of like, right now we're at an RV park for a week, you know, mm-hmm. like, at the beginning that would have been completely ridiculous to be like because we're like oh we have to camp for free every night and we have to like be boondockers and you know it's very van life and like now they're rich you no know, <laughs> get it and like we love we love to camp for free are you kidding and especially in america when a campsite is so expensive yeah yeah but like here it's like you know i have 87 dollars for a week mm-hmm. of luxury mm-hmm. you know and yeah. like that's okay right yeah. but going back to you know I have to being the person that's the extrovert and that like, I always want to help. Um, mm. I help to a default of where it will bounce back and could, could be a negative thing, you know? And so I have to pay attention to when Alex, this is a couple situation. If you're an individual on the road, you could easily get up and leave. Cause it's just mm-hmm. you where, when like, you're I'd couple, be like, bye. And yeah. Frank's like, no, 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 we're having a great time. Well, I'm like, well, so being a couple, you have to expect that the other person might want to leave. And then mm-hmm. you should just be like, you know what? It's time to go, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's something that we kind of did on a hike recently. It was like a scr- crazy scramble. And Alex is like, I'm not going. If you want to go, you can. And I was like, I don't want to go. If you don't want to go one, I was only doing it because she wanted to do the hike too as well. And I enjoy it. But, mm-hmm. but I was like, I'm going to walk back to the van with you and leave yeah. the situation because I think it's better that way. And, and it was, it happened to be the perfect, you know, decision going back to the van and relaxing and just yeah. being with each other, you know? So, yeah. You ask a simple question and we give you a 15 minute answer. So yeah. sorry about that. Oh, we were doing the same. So yeah. we're vibing. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think that's, that was a great question from you because nobody really asked us that question. And I, I do believe that there's something to be said and something to be had by learning from each other's experiences, yeah. you know? So well, that's the whole you. reason that we're doing this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the show with us. We'll send everybody your way. And also um, Carissa built our new website, which is Yay. so amazing and beautiful. So you can check it out at fnavanlife.com. And if you maybe need some website stuff, from a fellow nomad, you could go check out Carissa. Mm-hmm. We'll have the links down below for that as well. Perfect. Yeah, pay for our swivel seats. <laughs> <laughs> Carissa and Anthea, two amazing people. We absolutely love meeting them. We absolutely love having this chat with them. It's amazing to see how much you change when you're on the road. Yeah, and in a really fast amount of time, I think there's always this like, it's like a pressure cooker situation. Like you get on the road and the first couple of months are really a lot. And so for any couple, for any solo, for any human, it's just a lot of changes, a lot of decisions, a lot of, you know, navigating an entire new lifestyle. You know, it's not necessarily the same as like moving from Phoenix to Detroit or something, you know, it's a completely different lifestyle than you're used to. And, you know, it takes some adjusting. Yeah, definitely. Adjustment is the key to living in a van. And honestly, I think it's the key to growth. You know, the more change in your life and the things that you want to strive for, you have to make adjustments to become the best in whatever it is that you want to do. 
Yeah, I think van life definitely makes you very adaptable. And, you know, whatever situation that you're thrown into, you adapt. You know, I think the people that don't last in this lifestyle maybe aren't so good at, you know, making these changes on the fly or being comfortable being uncomfortable and getting into different situations and just like figuring it out. So, and once again, we don't say that this lifestyle is for everybody. If you don't enjoy change, if you don't enjoy adapting, if you don't love growth, you know, this isn't the lifestyle for you. Yeah, I don't know if you have to love growth, but you definitely have to be open to it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely open to it. Yeah. But, you know, I think that, too, just because you tried it and it didn't work out forever, that also doesn't mean that you're a failure at it either. I think that whatever path your van life takes you on and for however long you do it, you're going to learn some kind of lessons about life, about yourself, about the world. And, you know, I think that that's valuable, even if you don't end up being in a van for as long as you think you wanted to. I also want to talk about the fact that van life is different for everybody. Like some people van life and stay in one city. Some people van life and explore national parks. Some people van life and go to different countries. You know, you could... You could go to all the best restaurants. You could be the one that cooks inside. It's for everybody in the general sense of anybody could do it. Um, But you have to be willing to change or grow or adapt or all those different things, I think, are a big reason and a big aspect to this life of why you want to keep going. With that being said, we absolutely loved having Chris and Anthony on the show. And if you guys love this episode, too, be sure to leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We would love to feature you as the comment of the week. And we know that there's hundreds of you listening every single week. And we have not got a comment in a little while. And it's bumming us out. (laughs) And if you guys know, we are positive people. So we know that one of you are going to comment. Yeah, we're putting it in the universe. We're getting a beautiful comment this week, and we can't wait to read it, so thank you in advance. If you want to know more about us, you guys could follow us on Instagram, YouTube, anywhere on social media, FNA Van Life. We would love to have you and love to learn more about you as well. All right, guys, make it an FNA day. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All right, all that.